okay with Lindsay Hyman bubble bubble fuck <laughs> is the is the screenplay played at the diversity film festival really interesting a script cut timely script kind of like uh stepfather is uh, a right-wing politician and then the 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 liberal idealist uh, uh daughter um comes in and tries to sabotage the campaign i guess right that's that's about it yeah so you kind of in your in your synopsis you kind of gave the analogy of uh kelly way conway's uh daughter claudia if people don't know kelly conway was uh she was the campaign manager for donald trump and uh and her daughter basically despised him same with her husband too <laughs> and basically would say stuff on the internet uh basically kind of undermining her daughter i heard her mother i guess right and then she would go viral with all these videos just sabotaging her parents at every corner and it was just hilarious to watch and i thought how funny would it be to sort of reverse this and do it from the inside like cloak and dagger sort of but same intention as claudia in the sense that she does not agree with her parents in any sense of the world and um she's out to wreak havoc and it's, it's and so a, what, what is that what you got the idea from is when kelly uh, with claudia when kelly conway's daughter was doing this is that how you kind of this screenplay spawned in your mind Yes, definitely. So the characters, funnily enough, are <laughs> based on my family. When I started screenwriting years ago, I made character Bibles of all of them. Just it's therapeutic in every sense and their characters in themselves. And so I was writing this family story and I was like, I need a plot twist. I need a hook. And I'm I'm a pop culture junkie. I'm politically very active. And I saw what was going on with Kellyanne Conway and her husband, George, and everything. And I was like, no one's tapping into this. This is hilarious. And it's untapped territory so i thought why not are you are you from a small town uh conservative small town georgia which is not a small town but i am from georgia my mom's from a small town and i lived in alabama for two years uh so i i know the small town world gotcha well now georgia's a swing state right so oh yeah purple baby (laughs) <laughs> but speaking of that, it's sort of the, the interesting thing about your script. The first thing I thought, not to sound like a pessimist, is that, like, speaking of Georgia, so Marjorie Taylor Greene, anybody, she can sabotage whatever she wants because the way that gerrymandering, that this district is is lined, she's going to get elected, a conservative is going to get elected no matter what in certain in certain districts, I guess, right? Exactly. It's an uphill battle, especially if the story is going to take place in a rural area and it's a conservative politician. It's like, obviously they're going to win. I guess it makes it more so an uphill battle trying to convince the town to vote yeah. otherwise. So, so not to give anything away in the script basically, but it's, it's, it is an uphill. So basically it's, it's a reverse thing. Like, whereas the can the, the democratic candidate needs to do something profound while you're kind of sabotaging the, the conservative candidate, I guess. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a full circle kind of story where you start out in they almost she sounds like a Twitter feed, like a liberal Twitter feed, and everyone else comes off like a stereotypical conservative. And then you dive in and you realize it's two sides of the same coin. They're a lot more similar than you realize. Everyone's heard this age-old tale. It's the pendulum swings, and yeah. you learn that there's empathy across the aisle, and you you learn to find common ground. Okay, that's that's polarizing in itself, what you just described, mm-hmm. because we don't both sidesism agreed, and that's con- that's controversial in itself, trying to even yeah. see the other side in that sense. So it's it's yeah. another uphill battle, treading lightly, trying to get your point across while not compromising your values and your beliefs. Because we've learned that that on both sides, like a lot of conservatives 
and even a lot of liberals basically try to like find the common ground and they get destroyed by their parties. Like I'm thinking about like they call the rhinos, whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. like remember Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney was a guy that we were scared to death of that he was going to beat Obama. And now he's like the, the same he's one. He's like the savior, which makes no sense. It's Mitt Romney. Uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's absurd. And there's really no words for it, honestly. It's 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 an uphill battle. That's the word for it. it and then the, on the other side, like, say, Bill Maher, for example, who's kind of very, very much a liberal. But he's getting destroyed by his his by liberals because he's just trying to find He's trying to call out things that he doesn't doesn't make sense to him. You know what I mean? So it's like nobody wins. It is. It's like nobody wins. You have Joe Biden, who's probably the most moderate president of all time or not of all time, but of of compared to all the other primary options that we had. And he came out with an infrastructure bill, which is as bipartisan as you can get. Everybody uses the roads and you still have Republicans railing against him. I mean, it's no matter what what. he does, the other side is going to come at them scrappy as ever. And there's just it's there's no winning. It's lose lose. So when when was the tipping point? When did this I have some ideas, but when for because I'm a guy, I have a Canadian perspective, I guess, right? So oh, I can, good, love it. I can look down on on this, this <laughs> up above know? on your chair, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a it's a great. I went to school there, so I'm not. <laughs> the, the, oh, it's and and but basically, uh, but at the same time, it's like what? When do you think this happened? Because when I grew up, like I'm older probably than you. I'm, I know I'm older than you, but I remember like when George H. W. was the president and people liked them people on both sides liked them there was no judgment Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of got crazy after a while yeah it was pre-red hat like people used to hate on george bush and then as time went by people are like oh he's not as evil as modern day politicians i mean yeah that's because but only in time right because they really went after him during when he was president Yeah, they did and all the all the insults they're using at donald trump they used at him once upon a time and it's like these insults wear off with time if you don't use them appropriately like george bush was awful in his own sense he did his good and he did his bad but he's no donald trump and it's just it's two different politicians it's two different worlds it's two different eras that we live in there was 90s politics and there's now and it's so much more divided and it's sad it's very sad so i guess trying to find the comedy within a red hot world where everything's a hot button topic yeah uphill battle but it's what makes it's what makes it fun i think you're no i honestly this script i think you're on to something right because i think that at the same time, like like twitter or all these kind of social media whatever or it doesn't represent that doesn't nobody really cares nobody really like it doesn't represent americans it's just a very small minority who throws out these polarizing or these like kind of like divisive kind of tactics to get the round people up but generally speaking the the most americans they're not sorry go go ahead i was saying uh, there's like the saying the smallest group is the loudest and so you hear them the most but they're the they're they're the smallest group the vocal minority exactly yeah. yeah It's like that with like uh, with fan with like with like Marvel movies, right? It's mm-hmm. like you got the small percentage. I'm using the analogy for Marvel movies with politics. We're like you got the small percentage of fans, like maybe less than five percent, who basically rail online for for days on end about a about a character in a Marvel movie. And whereas the average audience is like, I just want to go to the movies for two hours and have enjoy myself. I don't care about the origin of X Men, right? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's almost it's the like same analogy. Marvel right? versus DC too. I mean, you have anytime there's two opposing teams or anything, you're going to have a fan base just going at it with the other. I mean, 
there's always a hypocrite and there's always a pessimist in the crowd. There's, there will always be someone to, to brain on your parade, but Marvel is out there to entertain the audiences. Yeah. And you can say that it's not film as some others have said, but that's subjective. It's, it's, it's obviously a film. It entertains the audiences. It's funny. It's dramatic. It covers all the elements it, it does everything that a film is supposed to do, whether or not it has the cinematic essence. Mm -hmm. What? Like that, that's for you to just, I guess that's for the audience to decide. So when, in terms of your screenplay, it's sort of like you want to, you, you got to pick a, picking a, picking a, pick a, pick a sides. Like you, mm -hmm. you're trying to find that balance between the conservatives and the liberals. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, like you, like, you know what I mean? Like the point of view you're coming from, you're coming from a, like a liberal point of view, it seems like in the screenplay, correct? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to balance it. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, you're trying to give humanity to the, to the, to the stepfather a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And the stepfather in the story is actually similar to my stepfather in real life. And it was a struggle we had getting to know each other uh, in the sense that we just see politics differently and we see the world differently. And if you make someone in your family happy, you have to learn to come around and see them for all that they are. They are a complex three-dimensional human that are more than just their vote. And as much as you want to just hone in and be like, you are who you voted for, which is instinctive for me, the writing this has helped me take a step back and realize that Again, we are more than just who we vote. We are, we are human beings. We all have, we all have something to bring to the table. No, it's hard. It is hard because like 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump in the last election, right? Does that mean that all 70 million of those Americans are bad people? If you'd asked me the night after the election, Dad, I would have said, hell yes. But now that we've had some time to think on it. Well, he did win. Biden did win, right? So, oh, oh, duh, yeah. But yeah. if you ask me, like, are the is everyone who voted for Donald Trump a terrible person? Instinctively, I'd say absolutely, hell yes. But then I speak with my family. I have family members that voted for him, and it takes a toll. And you realize, like, is are seventy million people terrible people in America? Is half the nation really evil just because Donald Trump is evil? And it just there's no. I guess the answer is obviously no. There are not 70 million evil people in America. Everyone has their own reasons for voting how they do. But it doesn't change how emotional it can be and how hard it is to accept that 70 million people don't accept a democratic, a democratic outcome in an election. So it's just frustrating. Well, I, I don't think all 70 million people think the election oh, was true, rigged, true, right? true, true. Very, very true. But they supported someone who now says that it was not a fair and just election. And whether so, or not they continue to support him is on is on them. And I guess we'll see in 2024 how it pans out. Well, I think that it's because I think the point is that is that you're paying say you're paying attention every day of what he's saying and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think people are even pay attention. So they just see a guy. They see that the, the politics is messed up. I'm giving I'm trying to play the devil's advocate here. They see no, that no. the the politics is messed up. They see this guy coming from nowhere. They've seen him on television before. Like let's let's mess this up. Let's mess this party up. And they like he's gonna supposedly, even though it's not really true, he's gonna help us with our taxes. We're not gonna pay as much taxes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and he 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 might get our coal jobs back. You know what I mean? So of course people are gonna vote for him. Drain the swamp. Yeah, all of yeah. that. So it's like you know what I mean. If you're not paying attention, if you if you're jumping in like once a month, then you're like it's like oh that makes sense. I'm gonna vote for that, right? So 
it's the people that aren't paying attention. It's the fear mongering coming from platforms like Fox News and everything. I mean, people just, if they had all the facts, I feel like we'd all be on the same page. And that's the saddest part is miscommunication and just misinformation. If everybody was on the same, everyone was given the same facts, which a fact is a fact is a fact, but we have all this mis misinformation going around. How could we not all be on the same page? I mean, obviously we all have difference of opinions, but how far apart we've swung on this pendulum it's 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 a problem it, and we've got to find common ground no matter how that how we go about it yeah well i think like maybe time like will will take care of itself like because I, I think hopefully this yeah. is the first generation of social media and like in, in in like so the next generation coming up i i can teach my kids what it's like but then this generation coming up had no nobody was teaching anybody anything no was, guardrails yeah exactly it was just it, like a wild west free-for-all of the internet yeah and then so facebook like i someone who does this for a living there is weird stuff coming out uh and obviously it was proven that the russians were were hacking but it was like yeah if you're just on facebook and you can you get this story this that looks authentic and it's like oh my god like hillary clinton whatever right and it's just like that makes sense. And if you're only paying attention once a month, then it, you know what I mean? Like that's what yeah, happens with social really media, right? Sad. It's really sad. And it's, it's, it's a privilege not to pay attention to politics and it's upsetting to watch the news every day. There's so much ongoing upsetting things in the world, but it's a privilege to tune in at your leisure to politics because it helps mold your view and it's not accurate in the same breath. You tune in when it's convenient and you miss all of, all of the other things going on in the world that should attribute to how you feel and your political choices. That said, uh, the Fox News is uh that they they get some pretty crazy ratings, and it's like I anytime I, I go to the states, I like on the hotel, I'll, I'll like watch it for like ten minutes, and it's like it makes sense why <laughs> it's, it's a popular. Car wreck and you don't want to turn your head and watch, but you like can't look away because it's so ridiculous. You want to hear what they have to say, but you don't want to. Yeah give them the viewership or the support but you yeah. know thy enemy you need to know what they're saying yeah but it's, it's like but the way they shoot it the struck like uh roger dales was a, was an evil genius and in the way they shot it they shoot the, the show because he created the whole kind of design it's like it's like it's like cotton candy right? it's like it's something there's something comfortable about it the way they kind of design it and then they just make people feel safe it's like you're not responsible for your shitty job the, the, the Democrats are responsible for your shitty job. You didn't do anything wrong. So keep watching and we'll tell you how great you are and then how bad those people are. And, and it's it just, a balancing act. They make yeah. them feel safe while also fear mongering and telling them how unsafe and how dangerous. 100%. Yeah. Everything. So it, it's, they, it's a dance and they do it well. They do it very well. It's, it's but it's, it's, it's evil. It's there's an evil kind of because it's like <laughs> it's giving people a pass for their own for their own kind of. You know, this be, I come up from a generation where like it was worse than our parents, right? For the first time in a long time. And it was like, and especially for a white man like myself. So a lot of people were like, where's my job? And they were they're mad about it. And then and then basically they want instead of blaming themselves, they want to blame somebody else. That's what Fox News does. They it gives people the a safety net to say, Yeah, you don't have to blame yourself. It's like it's, it's unhealthy, of course, right? And yeah. it's they're saying, blame this, blame these Democrats. Anyone but yourself. Yeah. Blame Joe Biden. Like I, I even it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And it it's a moral conflict. I actually did deal with writing this. I'm like this whole both sides ism. What can I find 
what common ground can I freaking find where it's okay to voice? I don't want to give a platform to someone who's anti-LGBT or anti-choice or all these things. I want to, I want to voice both sides without sounding like a liberal conservative Twitter feed and just going at it. But I also want to be fair and just to my own moral uh, beliefs. Like I'm not going to give a platform to awful conservative viewpoints that I don't agree with, but I also need to show the other side. So how far do you go? And at what point do you say, I'm going to, I'm going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to, I'm going to not even just sugarcoat it, but just not even again, give them the platform to do so. It's, it's hard to know how far you can go and how far you can push it without making them stereotypical trope conservatives and giving them personalities and get, giving them complex dynamics. It, it It's something I struggled with to give someone who you just instinctively despise redeemable qualities. And those redeemable qualities and within a conservative voter, what are they? I don't know. That, that it, finding redeemable qualities was something I struggled with, with for my conservative characters. Well, the, from a conservative standpoint, the ideology is is less government, more individuality, and then so less taxes. So everything could be privatized, meaning that we don't need government interference. We can have government interference in our in our military, in our school system. You guys don't even have it in your in your medical our system. Office. Yeah, but. <laughs> But that's that's so then where it's like it's so basically that's the conservative idealism ideology, right? It's about it's about basically my individual I can I can so there's not regulations. Say I want to run a job, run a business, I don't have rate I don't have government interfering me. I don't have government kind of bothering me. And then so and so with that privatization, there's more freedom and then and then basically you don't you, you don't have to pay as many taxes because there's less there's less kind of um government kind of you know systems that are set up. That's the that's the that's the re- Republican or the right wing ideology. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But and then then now it got crazy. So then now, yeah. but then it got crazy, right? Then it became about about other things that weren't about the ide- the ideology, right? And we used to be able to coexist, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we would argue that's about. That's yeah. understandable. But now these anti-LGBT, anti-trans rights just it's it's gone too far and it's no longer about what the lincoln party stood for it's 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 now marjorie taylor green's party yeah that's that's what happened it got it got it got hijacked it got hijacked yeah and then you got like desantis in in a very which is even more dangerous he's He's worse than trump yeah yeah Yeah. that whole thing about like the there it's like a white lash it's like basically that whole thing about like the 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 slaves, like we're doing this podcast at the end of July, the slave, this they're putting the slave rhetoric about like how they helped them with Jesse their jobs. Waters, I'm sure you saw that interview where he went on Fox News and literally started saying why slavery was was beneficial for certain. They're trying people. to rewrite history. They're trying to rewrite history, yeah. and it's before our very eyes, and we're watching it happen. And what can we do to stop it? And it's so freaking scary. Yeah, and then the the, the Supreme Court uh, overturning the. Yeah. Or, yeah, or is, um, affirmative action. Affirmative action. That's what I'm talking about. They've had too many controversial cases. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's getting a yeah. show. It's, it is. But, I, but, I, but I'm saying it's important. Like, I think that there was a couple movies that tried to do it. And it's just not, it's, it's people are not ready for it. It's like finding that tone wise. But I think. People don't want to be preached it. That's another thing is I, I struggle. No, I didn't struggle, but no one wants to. No one wants to be lectured. No one wants to be preached at. No. So you have to find a way to 
organically not shove it down their throat be like here are the facts this is why it's funny this is why it, it needs to laugh. come from a yeah. comedic standpoint right exactly comedic relief if anything yeah yeah i think that that's what you know like john stewart or like mm -hmm. john oliver he's a pro shown us that if you show things the craziness from a comedic standpoint people will pay attention right mm -hmm. yeah 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 they're, they're the pros. I I um I grew up watching The Daily Show, so definitely some inspiration there. You no, know, that's that's yeah. You can see it in the script, right? Where it's like yeah, it's like it's it's you got to keep. So in terms of when you're rewriting it, were you always making sure like how are you trying to keep the funny? Were you like going back and saying, just from a structure standpoint, I need a joke here. I need it like I need to, like it's too dark. Like it's like you're kind of balancing the tone, I guess, right? Yeah, when I the when I first started writing it, it was a little preachy. It was a little dark, and I had some feedback that was like, "You gotta, you gotta reel it back a little bit. Yeah. And people see to their own conclusions. You can't force it down their throat. You can only present the information. And if anything, what I did was I, I Alana, my main character, sometimes she comes off like a liberal Twitter feed. She's just spewing liberal talking points. And that's because I was trying to make the point that. Sometimes Gen Zers or just people in general will regurgitate what they hear and they're just so strongly believing it. But sometimes you need to have the facts to back it up and you need to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I don't know. I feel like uh, that 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 was something that I struggled with, definitely. No, 100%. It's but you got to feel for the the stepfather. I think that's the key to your script. Mm -hmm. that, uh, it's like... Um, it's sort of like an. I, I'm just giving you an, an ideal. Uh, and, and so I'm sure you watch Devil Rose Prada, right? Of course, of course. So Meryl Streep is like basically gives this big speech about rationalizing the fashion industry, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, but she's the kind of the quote unquote villain of the of the thing. But 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 when she gives that speech, anybody who's anti-fashion kind of like is with her for a moment because she it's it's delivered in that kind of way. Does that make sense? Where like it's like that. It's you sort can of win like over even the the people that hate you most. That's right? the that's the analogy. Yeah, it's like you it's like you they, like you, you can see like because I think what you're trying to say is that we're 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 more common than we are different, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly the theme of the story. That's a tough go. <laughs> it is a tough go. It is a tough go. And honestly, when I'm having people read it, it's all subjective. Either they're like, "Oh, this is hilarious," they're like. I don't know if I agree with you. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the fun of it. Like, even if you don't agree with me, you can laugh at it. Yeah. And yeah, humor is subjective. So some some will love it, some will hate it. And that's the way it is. And then so it is like, I think the TV show idea is better than like a feature because it's like it kind of, you can build these characters and build and give them humanity, I guess, right? Through that time. Yep, yeah. I mean, they all start one way, and by the end of the season, it's a... so not to give it away. But the the end of the season is: does she go through with it? Does she actually sabotage his campaign? She's gotten so far, and she's gotten so close with people on the campaign. Can she go through with it? And do we even want her to? Because we've grown so close to like her stepdad yeah. and all these people, and so it's a catch twenty two. Because if you were in her position, would you foil a Republican's campaign for the betterment of your city and just yeah, laws? I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Um, but for the for the character's sake and for character arc and learning full circle, who's to say? We'll see. It's the macro versus micro argument, right? Yes. Yes. You, you screw you screw the micro, the individual over the over the the, the bigger picture, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're onto something. So fumble fuck, are you are you committed to that title? Because it's obviously there's a swear word in it and mm-hmm. it um, people off. I love the term bumblefuck because it takes place in bumblefuck nowhere. It's an eye grabber. Yeah. I know market wise, it'd be hard to sell. You'd have to put like a little dash. Bubble in F, bubble F yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the um, alternative title I had was Operation Sabotage, which doesn't have the same ring to it. No, no it does not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep bumblefuck. I like it. And they have they have um, End of the Fucking World. They have The Bitch in Apartment 23. They have tons of shows that have curse words in them. We'll find a way. You're good. I like that. Okay. I'm just like, I was just asking. And then how's it doing? Like uh, you said, submit to us. You won our contest. How's it doing other contests? It's actually doing knock on wood really well at one. I'm best sure it is. At one best screenplay at the monthly film festival at one first place at the LGBTQ unbordered international film festival. Um, it's, it's been doing its rounds and I'm really excited to get it out there and try and get some representation for it. Yeah, and then are you have you have other screenplays that you've written like uh, on your I do, own? I do. I have two other screenplays that I'm proud of. I have a spec I wrote for South Park, which also won first place at the Fan Fiction Festival. Uh, it's called Sext Pandemic. It's long story short, basically, if the pandemic took place um, in South Park, and so uh, Chernobyl explodes again, and radiation floods the city, and no one's allowed out outside, and it's just a big fat metaphor. It did really well. It was a lot of fun. And then my other script is called Wolfpack. It's all right. Here's my elevator pitch. Just takes two seconds. Are you a fan of the show The Office? Sure. Everyone is. Yeah. So the concept of The Office is the world's worst boss. I was like, what if we made the world's worst cult leader? And instead of a claustrophobic office, they're on a cult commune. And instead of disgruntled employees, they're cult followers. And so I made like a female Michael Scott. And it did really well. It came in second place in the Real Heart Film Festival. So I've got some, I've got some things in the works. I've got the balls rolling. Yeah. So you're ready for the age after the strike, everything. It's kind of a weird time, oh, but I think you're ready. You're, you're ready. You got, you got some, you got some backup on your, you got different kinds of specs that you can show people, I guess. Right. I do. I do. I've got the portfolio, got the website. <laughs> you're, are you a fan of television? Am I a fan of television? I love television. I love scripted television. I despise reality television. I cannot stand it. Did you, have you seen that show, uh, the Jury Duty show? I'm curious what your thoughts are. On Freebie? Yes, I have seen it. I saw the pilot. I think it's super original. Um, it was a little, I couldn't get into it personally, but I know it's huge and everybody loves it. And what's not to love about James Marsden? What, um, well, it's the, it's the six, that office guy, people who did it, right? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but it's that's a, that's a new kind of idea. I was just curious what someone like yourself, that's like, because the guy's not... Like he's, he's a, he's the only one, he's like a real guy. So it's like reality TV mixed in with the. It's interesting. I'm eager to see what they do with the strike and all, because I feel like reality TV is going to really have a moment. There's not a lot of scripted content along the way. I'm like, how are they going to even integrate the two if they can? It's a weird time. It's the wild West. How are they going to put, they'll, they'll put reality TV wherever they can. And if Freevee has a hit show like jury duty, where they take, like a hybrid genre and mix it with scripted who's to say what else is to come. It was clearly a hit. I'm sure there'll be more similar things along the way. Yeah. But it's, there's an interesting tone with that, that I'm like, I'm, I'm so shocked that they got away with this. There's no judgment on him. Right. There's no, like, they're not making fun of this guy. They're just, they're like the way they did it is kind of ingenious. Cause it's like, he's just an average guy and, and just, he's kind of a good person. Right. But for some mm-hmm. reason, but they, they, they still made it funny. 
with him mm-hmm. just being middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how there was a Parks and Rec character uh, who was cast and he starts talking about how big of a fan he is in Parks and Rec. And they're like, uh, we're going to reel him back. I forgot the actor's name, but um, yeah, that's Hollywood. Yeah, that's typical. And then, so then I guess basically what, what, what they're thinking now, the studios are thinking now is sports and reality TV. And we can just flood the, flood the, the channels with, with those two things. Yeah. You know, I heard, and this is all speculation, but what the studios are thinking long-term, like way out in the future is that they can even implement a way to like put your face on the characters and, and implement AI to a whole other extent. And it's, it's scary what they have in store. I think it's, um, we'll see. Uh, that sounds goes. like a conspiracy theory. I don't even know. <laughs> no, I swear. <laughs> no, that... The studios have things in mind that they're trying to use the AI to implement and, they're going to phase if they could phase out writers, they would. I don't think they can. And the first they can't phase out actors, too. There's a there's a human touch to it. There's there's an emotional reaction. It's even well, like say, a human experience. Yeah. See, like that, White Lotus, for example, where like there's a huge cast. People go out and go, who's that person from that show? And they they'll go to their Twitter. They'll go to their Instagram and they'll they'll find a connection with that human being. And that mm-hmm. will want them to watch the show even more. And you know what I mean? Like there's that, there's that human connection that we're humans. That's what we do. So I don't think there, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that actors will always be around. There'll be special effects, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've, we've, we've shown a few AI kind of movies at our festival and it's like, there. it's interesting because it's, because it's, it's still the person still talking to the AI. So there's still that original, there's still that creativity involved, right? So one has to set the prompt, of course, but like I've been rewriting my story Bible and I'm, I was very against chat GBT and I had a friend be like, know thy enemy, get to know it, get to use it, everyone else's. So I've been dabbling with it and it's just, you can't replace a writer. You'll never be able to. No, you can't. Native mind. But it's dangerous and it's scary. And if it's this advanced this far, just wait five, 10 years from now, all that it's scary what it can do, who's to say. And so we need guardrails. And that's what the strike is for. Amongst other things, fair wages, fair everything else. But I I think there needs to be guardrails. Guardrails, there needs to be rules in place. And uh, I'm worried for my own profession. And I'm I'm not trying to blow the whistle, but... um, somebody's got to do something ai is is it's very powerful yeah i just think that from my my perspective it's like creativity we're the ones who are safe the creative the creative people who are are safe because it, there's always going to be ai can't come up with an original take it's the other jobs like a doctor or the, obviously the accountants <laughs> and the lawyers those are the ones that basically ai can do right because those are you know what i mean like those are there's a structure in place where like you, there's a, there's an assignment, you have to do this and mm-hmm. the AI can kind of recreate what needs to be done. Right. Yes. Whereas, I might be able to argue though, a studio executive could take an existing story and be able to plug in what revision or um, what's a compelling character arc for this character. And chat GPT comes up with like six different alternative storylines and it's crazy. I think, and but I think they've, they've been, they were doing that with uh, algorithms. Like, like Netflix was doing that 15 years ago with algorithms. Right. Yeah, it's the same true. kind of analogy. It's, it's like more what accessible people want. to the public now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not so, new. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's it's not new at all. But it's like I under, I understand the fear. It's just that I think it's more about getting a, a fair wage. I don't know subjectively. I don't know if this is the fight now because things haven't been figured out yet. Maybe that's the fight in the, the next contract. But the fight is 
is about kind of like kind of having checks and balances within within the wages, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're getting they're making a shitload. Part of my French they're making a shitload of money. And sorry, you just did bubble fuck. So why am I supporting my French? But <laughs> but basically, it's like that's they're making so much money. So there, it's more about a pie slice. I don't the AI thing. I don't know if that's that's the that's the battle now. That's 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 just my perspective. I don't even know. Fair wages, residuals, and I think AI. I think those are the top three things they're fighting for. Fair wages is obviously number one. How yeah. are you supposed to make a living when they're withholding? All I mean it's absurd pay your writers pay your fucking writers yeah <laughs> it, we'll it's see. as simple as that yeah we'll see David we'll see what's gonna happen and- they gotta they got they should settle before the nfl season starts i'm telling you because it's like, <laughs> the nfl season starts the americans are just gonna be watching football they're not gonna care about scripted television oh i know all right i'm taking bets how long do you think the strike will last i think it's gonna last until to christmas but christmas? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if i was them i would i would I would strongly try to settle before the football season starts. <laughs> I'll relay the message. You yeah. see the ratings, the ratings, people, Americans yeah. watch football. They don't watch anything else. Basically it's true. reality TV and football. I mean, as soon as, as soon as it starts, people are going to like, I don't care about the show. I got the game on, on Thursdays and Sundays and Mondays and college football on Fridays and Wednesdays. Right. So. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> That's my I could two be wrong, cents. but I feel like the last strike what was it, two thousand seven or something? Two thousand eight, yeah. Two thousand eight. Didn't The Apprentice come? When did The Apprentice come out? I feel like reality TV really had a moment within the few years following that, and then this is what we got. I mean, reality TV. It's they were talking about American Gladiators uh, uh, in the documentary. They were they say they brought it back because of the strike because mm-hmm. nobody was union, really? right? So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's that's what they're 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 coming up with. Uh, yeah, all these things. It's like all the like wrestling, whatever. They're not those guys. Those guys are acting every week, but they're they're not in union for some reason. I don't even know how that happens. But yeah, the wrestlers will be on strike soon. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> they won't because they're all independent contractors. That's how. That's the scam, right? Yeah. Anyways, it's messed up. It's messed up. They'll find a way, no matter what. TV well, will find a way. I'm, they will. Yeah, it always does. Well, I think you're speaking of that I think you're on your way. So well, the, hopefully this will get settled soon. And I think that you're right. You're you got this is a great script. And I think that it's very balancing the tone. I think you, you nailed it. And I'm sure that I'm sure that you're you're on your way as a writer. So I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate you, Matthew. I, Thank you. I really Thanks for that. You did this at seven o'clock in the morning in Los Angeles. Seven in the morning. Yep. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. All right. Bye, Matthew. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hasn't been recorded for it.